0: Well, George, uh, I want to welcome you. This is George Bakalov and another podcast for Hill Cities. Uh, how are things going today?
1: Uh, it's going well, Jeff. Thanks for having me on your podcast.
0: Well, it's good to have you. And you and I have uh, walked life together for probably 10 years or so now. And, uh, you know, you do a lot of things for Hill Cities that I would not be able to do, particularly in the technology space. So I'm very grateful.
1: I'm grateful for you, Jeff. You have enriched my life, and uh, I'm a better person for it, and I'm sure that a lot of the men who are part of Hill Cities can say the same. So I appreciate being able to be with you on your podcast.
0: Well, it's great to have you, and so why don't you catch us up and let us know what's going on in your world today.
1: Uh, well, I'm excited to, um, after many, many years of uh, close to 30 years of being having been involved in, uh, in, in ministry uh, activities professionally, I guess I should define it, um, people don't like to define these things, but essentially everyone is a minister according to the Bible. Everyone has a ministry and a calling except some people um, are involved with this professionally. Uh, they somehow you know, draw salary from a ministry or uh, not. and so that—that that was my life for a long time, over two two and a half decades, I guess. And I started uh, started my own business on the side um, at some point, and after several years of that, I'm currently uh, working at a IT company right here in Minneapolis, and I'm loving it.
0: Well, I, uh, I have heard you're doing a great job. I know the owner of your company happens to be on my board. And uh, so it's good to have you in that role. But also it seems to me that you you certainly have your foot still in ministry as well. Wouldn't you say so?
1: Well, I'm involved. Um, absolutely. I have not discontinued my uh, involvement. It's just in a different way, uh, rethinking and re- reinventing some things uh, spiritually and theologically.
0: Well, excellent. So I was thinking one of the things that I want to have you share with our listeners, and I never thought that uh, I would be saying this, but you know, the idea of you grew up in Bulgaria, a communist country, and how that might relate to what is going on in America today. And I wonder if you could share some thoughts in that area.
1: Sure. Thanks, Jeff. Um, interesting question. Well, uh, first of all, Bulgaria is no longer a communist country as, let's say, North Korea or Cuba or China even. Um, its um, communism collapsed in 1989, um, shortly after the collapse of the, the fall of the Berlin Wall and the collapse of the Soviet Union, which was actually technically, uh, I think it was like 91. I'm not sure. the so- The Soviet Union technically held on for for a little longer, but in 1989, in November, um, after the Berlin Wall um, and, and the events in, in Germany, uh, uh, Central European countries, such as like the Czech Republic and Poland and Hungary, it was like a domino effect. And in November, uh, November 10th in 1989 is when, officially, the regime collapsed. And what began after that, is something that had never happened in history before, never before had a communist country or communist regime collapsed, and what we did not know was that the following three decades would be very difficult because they are a period of best described as post-communism. because you you don't just recover from communism. You don't recover from forty years or fifty years or however many years communism, the regime was the regime. You don't recover from that within a year or two or three. The consequences are deep and lasting. and they're still lingering, even though Bulgaria technically is a member of the European Union um, and a member of NATO, just like just like Romania, for example, is another country. Uh, but uh, there are many many deep issues and problems that are still resident in the culture and the people and in, in people's lives and the way the economy functions and the way in the way the whole entire system works and all of it has to do with our communist experiment mm. um, why this would be relevant and why my story would be relevant to uh, people in America today is Probably you're asking me this because um, today in America, we have a whole entire generation of young people who have no clue what communism is about. They never taught them about it in school. They never, they never told them and they never studied this in college. Um, American schools have failed um, epically in properly, correctly teaching the history of communism and therefore people have these really strange false ideas about socialism and communism and I can talk about the difference between the two and then lastly how that um how that compares to Christianity there's a lot of confusion in that so maybe I can be maybe can be a little helpful here with my my story and my experience and and all this
0: all right well good so um How did you come to faith in Jesus Christ being inside a communist country where obviously that was not exactly something that people had readily on their lips? Uh, So let us know about how that happened.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Good question. Um, Well, I mean, first of all, communism was an atheistic, militant, atheistic ideology. Um, Communism is based on Marxism. And Marxism, by definition, is a godless ideology that reduces man to a physical being. Marxism, by definition, this is now the doctrinal, so to say, the ideological, philosophical um, roots of Marxism. It's all based on um, it's all based on man being simply a biological being and denies the idea of a soul. Communism and Marxism denies the idea of eternity or God or creator or anything like that. Marx himself, uh, even though he grew up in a um, Lutheran, his father was a, a Jewish man by birth, ethnically, but he abandoned Judaism. He had, his father did not have a foundation in Judaism at all. And neither did Marx. Marx grew up as a Lutheran uh, in the home of a, of a well-to-do attorney. And in fact, he wrote some poems to, to Christ uh, in his teenage years. So obviously, he, he grew up in a, in a Christian family. When he went to college, however, things changed dramatically and he shifted 180 degrees, ended up writing poems to Satan, praising Satan. And um, basically Marxism is a, is a form of terrorism because Marx himself um, looked at destruction and terror as a, as a very important integral part of his idea of a better world. The idea of Marxism is to destroy what's not working, and rebuild it from the ground, and rebuild it based on a communist utopia. Hmm. So, So, so what that means? So what that means to? So what that means for Christians is that you are instantly, as a Christian, if you are believing in anything that has to do with with God, with creation, if you if you're actively involved in propagating, spreading. Um, the gospel, you are the enemy of state because you are subverting, you are um, preaching an ideology and philosophy that is uh, diametrically opposed to, to Marxism and therefore you are considered the enemy of state because now this ideology is the doctrine of the state and anyone that dares to say anything against it is now the enemy. And so that's why a lot of Christians ended up being persecuted Uh, thrown in labor camps, tortured. I mean, basically, the communists crushed uh, Christianity in Russia first, and then they crushed Christianity and every type of religion in the Soviet bloc, including um, my native country.
0: So in light of that, George, how did you come to faith in Jesus Christ?
1: Well, I had um, troubling questions I had troubling questions since I was since the time I was very young. Um, when I was five, <clears throat> excuse me, when I was five, I witnessed the the death of a of a of a woman who had either jumped or fallen from from a balcony. I'm not sure what the circumstances were at the time, but I witnessed this woman not not exactly exactly at the moment where she was uh, falling, but um, I saw her the whole follow-up situation right so for me as a child that was a traumatic experience to see this and it's what it did is it didn't scare me per se what it did is it planted the troubling question well what happens when we die you -hmm. know it wasn't it wasn't like i was walking around having uh ptsd or trembling or being terrified or anything like this Um, the question I had was like, wait a minute, where did this woman go? What happens when we die, And, and why isn't anyone talking about this? So I start having these questions very early on in life, and to my surprise, I didn't find any answers whatsoever. And to me, that was very evident that life begins and then it ends somehow, but no one is absolutely, no one's talking about it even my parents, so I went to my mom when I was like, for example, I think I was around 10, and I went to my mother, who my mom and dad were doctors, and so, um, and I started talking to her how life is meaningless if we don't know how it ends, and what happens to you, and what happens to my family, and what about it, you know, what's going on? I mean, I'd never heard the word God, or gospel, or Bible, or anything like this, but I just, these questions were very troubling, and very logical, too, and it was very unreasonable that no one wanted to talk about this. And my mom was very worried about me. And she was like, oh, are you okay? Is everything okay? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm, I'm okay. I just want to know. And then my great-grandfather died, who had suffered a lot under communism because a communist, he was a farmer, and they had taken all his lands, and that crushed him for the rest of his life. And um, I remember him telling me stories. um, and at that time, I didn't understand, but I really loved him, and he was like a real manly figure um, and a real role model. I, I really loved him. And then he's gone when I was like 11 or 12 or so. And and my, my questions about life and death continued. I started reading philosophy, and I, and I got my hands on the writings of the French philosopher, Blaise Pascal, who was also a physicist. He was a scientist. So one thing I realized is that, wow, here's this French man, and he was a great, uh, he was a scholar, he was a scientist, and he believed in God. And, and to him, that was something real. It was something absolutely real. And so um, that piqued my curiosity even more. But again, I began to realize no one wants to talk about this in communism. And it, I also began to realize that my parents were very afraid because they knew what would happen if if you know this became public. Uh, Christians were persecuted severely for decades under communism and i didn't realize at the time but they knew it and they were very very worried about what what could happen
0: Mm. so fear fear is kind of a predominant emotion would you say that's generated in a a communistic type environment
1: yeah i don't think it's possible possible to explain it um if you are even um minimally interested in being a free human being for example the ability to just People just don't understand what it is to live under a totalitarian regime. You can't really make plans. You can't just say, okay, we're going to move from this city and live in another city. You can't do that. You you needed to have a permit to move from one city to another. Uh, You can't have just any career. You are told where to go. You're given a very narrow choice of some professional schools or university, and then when you graduate, the party, the communist party sends you, you know, wherever they want. You can't really live a life, the life you want. You, we are, you're, everything is planned. Everything is, um, organized for you. And it's by force. There is no such thing as liberty. People in America just do not understand how all encompassing this terror is on many different levels and how it affects people psychologically on an ongoing basis. It's, it's sheer terror. And, and the only way communism ever succeeded is because of violence and terror and murder that nobody with nobody in their right mind would choose communism um just uh,
0: hmm.
1: as a choice this was this was enforced on people through the power of weapons and death everywhere and and it's not a choice of people socialism is just taxing people to death right it's just taxation hmm. But communism is taxing you, robbing you of private property, and also putting the gun to your head and uh, killing a number of people, terrorizing the rest. It's just, it's terrible. I, I don't want to ever see that happen to, to America or in America.
0: Well, in closing, George, do you have uh, any specific thoughts if that you would like to share with uh, Christians in America?
1: Well, I would say that what, People could probably identify with, you know, people say, well, how can I identify with your story, you know, having lived through this hell? And, you know, I have to say also this, that communism was a different experience depending on who you're talking to. Like there was people who were privileged and they didn't have any, you know, they were they were connected to somebody who was part of the elite. So they didn't have probably the problems that that, that other people had, the more outspoken you were and the more um, the more courageous you were to speak against the regime, the more problems you had in your children and your relatives and so on and so on. So um, I kept having my questions and this is what led me to the faith. And ultimately when I was 20, I came in contact with um, the, with Christians who were not Eastern Orthodox, because the Eastern Orthodox Church, which is the predominant religion in Bulgaria, they were also persecuted. And the communists had gutted out that that religion as well. But I came in touch with um, actual believers who believed in being born again and repentance. And so I began to understand the gospel. I started reading the gospel, and I just kept having questions. And this is what led me in my journey to coming to, re- to the realization of You know who is the god that the bible speaks about and you know the message of his son who is the messiah coming and dying for us on the cross and this is what it it led to a very profound change for the first time all the pieces all the answers came together and it turned me around i had this born-again experience and and a baptism with the holy spirit and it was just a powerful experience at the age of 20 shortly before the collapse of communism so I begin to share with all my friends, and I begin to preach on the street, and this is how my ministry began—actually preaching on the street and telling all my friends. I opened my apartment, and out of this, my church was born and started. And later on, I went to Bible school, but it was initially—it was just my conversion led to a lot of people coming to the Lord. And I would say that in America today, that that's a very possible scenario. Like we're moving, and. We're moving to a point in time here in America. Where, where if people don't begin to be vocal about their faith, if they don't begin, to, if they don't draw the line, and if they don't begin to, you know, first of all, amongst family and friends, and you know, and then at every level, including you know, the public square, if people don't begin begin to speak out um, of who they are and what they believe, and if people don't learn how to defend their biblical worldview. We're going to see totalitarianism one way or another and, and uh, it's not going to be pretty. So that's my encouragement for everyone to just be courageous and bold and um, to not to be afraid to stand for our faith because our faith has changed the world for the better and it will continue to do so if we if we follow in the footsteps of the Lord.
0: Well George, thank you for joining us. And you know what strikes me in closure, is uh, that, that uh, Marxism, Leninism, Communism is really an atheistic religion. And, um, and that it, it is, its intent is to wipe out, as you said, Christianity, because it, it can't, it's a competitive view and a, a totally different view of life. But both of them require faith. Both of them are based on certain assumptions and Christians need to be clear that, uh, that we live in a world where increasingly, uh, the aim is, is to control and take away certain freedoms. And I would like to remind that, uh, our website is hillcities.org. Our mission is to serve men, to go deeper with God and each other and to fulfill their destiny and uh, to play their part in history. So George, thanks again. And, uh, uh, I hope that, uh, People that are listening will share this podcast with others.
1: Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me and allowing me to share my story with your listeners.